Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here once with, with you once again. Today, we're discussing season four, episode 12, The Exorcists, which unfortunately actually aired on December 7th, 1973. Why is that unfortunate? Because it's a terrible episode. <laughs> You're saying it's it wasn't the date that was unfortunate. No. You're saying it's unfortunate that it aired at all. Yes. Okay. Who... Is responsible. Quote, unquote, I don't know who, quote, if I unquote, who quote unquote wrote this episode. Well, I saw their names. I have no animosity. But okay, you should. Talk. <clears throat> well, it is credited to um, two people, Frank Buxton and Michael Leeson, who I who are uh, frequent odd couple writers, but not always together. I think actually not together at all. And Frank Buxton is more prolific as a director. He directed many episodes of The Odd Couple, although he did write um, a handful, and I just lost the exact number. Oh, he wrote five. He has five writing credits, but directed about 10. Um, He went on to, he has a very interesting career. We've talked about him before, I'm sure. He was very active with Mark and Mindy and other Gary Marshall shows, and then kind of retired from uh, writing and directing in the 90s to be a, a, a comic actor in many small parts of movies and television. Michael Leeson, the other writer, is another Gary Marshall regular from the Odd Couple era going into Happy Days, also wrote for Phyllis and Rhoda. But then I feel like he write... created something. He may have... Um... Like a, some 80s sitcoms, unless I'm confusing. Maybe it was another Leeson, but well, I don't see that. Uh, I haven't read an, uh, closely enough in the IMDb, but maybe others. He certainly was very uh, active writer in Taxi, All in the Family, um, you name it, Cosby oh, Show. But right. not as a creator. He actually has more notability as a screenwriter in the 80s for such comedies as The War of the Roses. Oh, maybe, successful. maybe that's what I'm noticing. Uh, IQ. And the famous or infamous Gary Shandling movie, What Planet Are You From? By the way, I, I, it, we should have said this. Uh, it, the date of this show is Pearl Harbor Day. And I'm I not see. sure which is a bigger disaster. <laughs> um, okay. Any, Pearl Har- any, <laughs> any World War II veterans out there? I, we apologize. apologize. On of uh, so we open on a shot of the San Remo at night. We see Felix open the door to Oscar's bedroom. The lights are off. The audience is already laughing when he walks in for some reason. I, I, I guess it's amusing the way he does it, but it's a little odd how much they're laughing already. He's a very harried look on his face. He is wearing pink pajamas. Turns on the light, walks in. He's acting as if he's sick. He's very bothered by something. He says, Oscar, and Oscar groans. We see there's two big lumps uh, in the bed. 
under this green comforter. Felix says, I want to talk to you. Which lump are you? Oscar puts his arm out, uncovering himself. And Felix says, have you been sleepwalking? Now, one could say, hey, that's good continuity because we did have an episode with Oscar sleepwalk. Mm. I yes, indeed. call that a, I have I'm going to say it's a coincidence, not an actual callback. Yeah, not not very specific reference, because after all, if it were, Felix would be worried that Oscar would hit him. And right, because Oscar's response is, where would I go in the middle of the night? But we know he actually now, did sleep. Now that actually has no continuity. right? <laughs> because he did. Yeah, and he slept walk and he yeah. just walked to the apartment. Uh, Oscar says, what's the matter? Felix says, I don't know. There's strange noises. I heard moaning and groaning, and then I heard loud footsteps, and then I heard something like a ticking sound. What could it be? Oscar says, fat mice with pocket watches. (laughs) Funny. Felix says, come on, Oscar. What do you think it is? Oscar says, I don't know. Maybe it's a ghost. Felix says, there's no such thing as ghosts. Oscar tries to go back to sleep. Felix says, strange things going on at night. Oscar says, put out the light and he won't see it. Felix walks out of the room. He turns off Oscar's light, but he walks in the living room and he turns on the light there. Says, must be some logical explanation. He walks past the fireplace and the painting on the wall, uh, which I've never studied. Hmm. I, I tried to figure out what it was. The best I could come up with was some sort of rowboat. Yes. Well, That's in fact, what... I have studied it. Oh, and well, let me put it this way. I've noticed it many times before and only now did I today that I actually study it a little more. I have uh, always been curious about it because it looks my first thought looking at it is that it resembles the paintings of uh, Winslow Homer, American painter who painted who was famous for sea scenes. And I thought it was his and I finally looked that up today and he he there is a famous rowboat painting of his that has the same feeling, but it's not the same painting. Um, so, and I look just by Google imaging rowboat paintings, I thought if this was real, it would come up and I didn't see it. So it kind of makes sense though, because either in my mind, I guess they had a reproduction of a famous painting, but it is framed like a, a real painting. So it's more like a, you know, a I don't know, uh, I wouldn't say cheap, but you know, someone they knew or in the family, but it's been there by the way, Ted, since season one. I, I do. I went back a little bit and did see that it's, it's constantly there. And I think yeah. I knew that. I think it only disappeared briefly when they, they changed the furniture and repainted it and all that. Right. It wasn't in the setup they did right after that, but then it returned to the next season. But I, I was fascinated to see that it's in the set in a different place, of course, because it's a different set in season one. Uh, I don't believe it's in the movie. So it is a, uh, it finally, I like to think it's like a constant background player that finally gets its moment in this episode. Finally and, gets to do something. Right, it falls off the wall <laughs> and almost hits Felix. Felix shouts as he's startled. Then he shouts Oscar's name, who says, huh? Loudly, he says that. Felix says, did you feel a slight earthquake? Oscar says, no. Felix says, did you loosen the picture over the fireplace? I don't even know what that means. What, what, what? Someone goes around loosening pictures? I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You don't know what it would entail or you're what? not sure why one would do that? Is that an activity? That's not an activity people do in their home. I don't see why anyone would do that. No. Oscar says, no. Felix says, then we've got a ghost. Oscar says, well, tell him to keep it down. I'm trying to sleep. And we go to credits. I already hate this episode from the beginning because it's such a stupid, 
contrived premise. Now, the reason I'm assuming this exists at all is because the book, The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty had just come out, but not just come out, come out about two years earlier, was a big hit. And two weeks from now, from when this episode aired, the movie would come out and be an even bigger sensation. Now, they didn't know when making this how big the movie was. Assuming, Assuming what I'm saying is correct. But given the name of the episode and given how popular the book was, and I'm going to guess the hubbub that it was being made. The movie, in the movie must have had some hype. Yeah. Yes. That that's why they decided to try to lean in and catch the zeitgeist of this, which they've done with other things. They did Bobby Riggs. You know, they do. We right. know that's a thing with the show is to try to capture something in pop culture. Right. But the notion that they have to confront a ghost in this show, this is not a show that should ever have done it. And even, even if there's moments where I laugh, which I don't really laugh, but I'm amused, it, the, 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 the goofiness and the contrivance and the cop-out of doing a show where Felix believes in ghosts, I find so beneath this show that I just am angry that it exists. That's a waste of an episode. That's my feeling. Uh, well, thank you for laying your cards out on the table. Uh, I can't, I can't hold it in on, on, on this. I, I'll say, I, I'll comment more on this as we go along. But um, do you call me a moron? <laughs> no, but I oh, don't okay. even remember what I said that you, you said. That. I comment more on this as we oh, go along. I will, <laughs> yes, <laughs> a good one, Ted. Um, I, uh, it is a stretch the premise, and uh, I think as I. Uh, it occurred to me in one of the other recent episodes, like, wow, they really got to, you know, they, by season four, sometimes they're struggling to come up with a, a new plot, which they, the writers confessed was a problem. Um, but as far as Felix believing in the ghost being your uh, problem, I mean, I agree that that is something we don't expect a, an urbane, sophisticated man like Felix to believe, but he does have this side of him, mainly in, we saw in Psychic Schmeichick, uh, which is an episode I think has many similarities to this, including that you didn't like it. Um, that is, you know, dealing with the occult and all that. And Felix seems to be part of him is susceptible to this. The drama queen in him is kind of susceptible to this. After the credits, we see Herbie Fay back as the super, but now again, he's, again, he's, again with Herbie Fay. He's in. He's named Mister Seltzer according to the end credits. We never actually hear his name stated in the show, but. In Felix's first commercial, the last time we saw him, he was Harvey Fafner. But so shouldn't we? Okay, I believe though that that was. This is not his third different name. Yes, I didn't go back. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I, it is. I didn't go back to look for the first name. I'm not even sure it was said. I just remember Mr. I Fafner. I think he had an Italian name the first time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. I'll look it up and. All right, I'll keep going while you look it up. Podcast, but but I mean, isn't that? I just have to say, like. Uh, uh, I don't complain. I think it's about uh, continuity issues as much as you do, but this one just baffles me. It is symbolic. They, yeah. I mean, maybe unless it's a gag, an in joke for no, them, not. but they didn't even bother. They have the, he's clearly the same character. Yes. He's the super here. It is. He's Mr. Lambretti in season one in the blackout. Yeah. It, it's symbolic of yeah. that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this <laughs> podcast because I knew there's a rich, area to talk about of continuity problems with the show and it's symbolic that they just don't care yeah. to keep track of a right. recurring character's I name. mean do they really not remember I mean 
I can I, understand that not but it's like they're too lazy to dig up the script. Or, I know they don't have the DVDs and the streaming then. But. I I don't get it. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I think they move. My my guess is the note the 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 positive assumption which you brought up as a possibility which I reject is that it's some sort of cool inside joke. But I don't believe the show's humor is built around that sort of absurdity. I think they're moving too fast. And they just don't go. First of all, in the show, to be fair, they never call him Mr. Seltzer. So they don't in the show uh, uh, contradict themselves. I don't know why the end says so Mr. It could Seltzer. Be a, it could be a, an afterthought. It could be. It could be. Because some... I'm noticing in Felix's first commercial, he's actually billed as just super. Right. I think and they say his name. Yo, there's a whole scene when he comes in to try <laughs> right, to do Oscar's right. line. I watched this last right, night. He says, right, right. hi, I'm Harvey Fafner. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so maybe some person who was putting the end credits together. Yeah. I somehow, I don't know where how Seltzer came up either. I get the, so so I clearly the way it worked in life, in real life for them was that he was always, they just called, they thought of him as the super yes. character. And when they he needed a name, they gave him a name like Harvey Fafner. But uh, basically he, to them, was just the super. I guess another factor in this is that he's also, uh, 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 What's, what's the yes. actor's name again? Her, oh, uh, Fay. Herbie Fay. Herbie Fay was also in several other Odd Couple episodes. Yes, as different yes. characters. Yeah, so that yeah. just makes it even more confusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we see he's painting the hole in the wall from where the painting fell, uh, but he's painting it brown, and the rest of the wall is that I guess that peach color that we talked about. Well, that's with, consistent at least. Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll pick it up from there. It's filmed in front of a live audience. Paint doesn't quite match, does it? Well, you're going to put the picture back up, aren't you? Well, yes, but then who will know? Well, I'll know. But don't tell anybody. That's a very, very peculiar thing about that picture. Falling off the wall in the middle of the night last night. Well, things happen. You know, this is an old building, you know. Old plaster, old ceiling, old walls, old floors old you've been here a long time haven't you i'm also old. in the time you've been the superintendent here have the tenants ever complained about noises in the night uh, what kind it's very difficult to explain sort of like not since they closed the mexican restaurant downstairs the former tenant in this apartment? Uh, Irving Cohn, a strange guy, uh, a retired postman, never went anywhere, never saw anybody, come down in the morning, get his mail and throw it in the garbage. Would you know why he moved? Yes, death. You wouldn't happen to know the reasons for his death, would you? No. There are two things I learned on this job. Never ask any questions and be here Christmas Day. Well, I gotta be gone, Mr. Unger. See you at Christmas. <laughs> so that noise at the end is Oscar coming in the room, kind of doing a noise when you're waking up. He's kind of stretching his arms and he makes that noise and it startles Felix. And Oscar says, what are you still jumpy? And then he looks at the wall and the paint job and dubbed in 
says paint doesn't match. Felix says, we've got a problem. Oscar, again, with a dubbed in line, says, what kind of problem? Felix says, things that go bump in the night, pictures falling off walls. Oscar says, Felix, I think your new nose nasal spray is making you hallucinate. Felix says, no, every time, every since I played Hamlet in junior high, I've been fascinated by ghosts. Also, I haven't been able to make a simple decision, but that's not the point. That's the Hamlet joke. Yeah, I don't. Can you explain the joke? Because I just <laughs> well, don't. it's part of the 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 image of the character of Hamlet is um, that he's indecisive uh, because he wavers back and forth on when to kill the the villain. So uh, it became it was Lawrence Olivier who, in his Hamlet movie, who famously called it about a, a tragedy about a man who could not make up his mind. So I think um, Tony Randall's having a little little fun with that. Oscar says, then he says to Oscar, does the name Irving Cohen ring a bell? Oscar says, in Hamlet? Why does he say, I'm sorry, he says, in Hamlet? Let me see. Alas, poor Irving, I knew, no, it doesn't. Felix says, how did you get this apartment? Oscar says, like, everybody in New York got their apartment. Felix says, how precisely? Oscar says, precisely by looking in the obituary column, see who dies in a good neighborhood, then <laughs> rushing around and grabbing their apartment. Ah, uh, simpler times, Ted, right? Is that exactly. really the way the, the real estate? Uh, I that's a joke I've heard before. Yeah, although right. I feel like I I feel like this that joke's been used on this show before or sort of later. Hmm. And I wonder if my impression of that being a thing is from the Odd Couple only. Yeah. I I doubt they would make it up. But no, uh, no, I I, I do guess... I do feel this is part of New York lore. Yeah. Yes, I think reading the New York Times obituaries, seeing where but they did live. they really say like. They wouldn't. Oh, some they used to used to give that the newspapers or, used to give people's addresses out. That was or weird, yeah. maybe if they saw the funeral was in a certain neighborhood, they would assume right. the person. Or you could look I, up in the phone book. I, guess. I get. Yeah, the phone book would actually. That that's true. That's that that may be the case. But uh, also, just it's just so quaint. You know, the days where uh, even if regardless of how weird it is to find out that way through the obits, the thought that then you could just walk over to the yeah, apartment building and see right. the super and go, hey. I'd like to rent that apartment. I, I don't know exactly what happened. <laughs> Which after is you. kind of how it worked in those days. Uh, uh, Felix says, and yet you've never heard of Irving Cohen. Oscar says, oh, the guy who died so I can get the apartment. Felix says, aha. Oscar says, what aha? Felix says, don't you see? Oscar says, what? Felix says, he's come back. And then we get this scene. Well, deposit. <laughs> Irving the Postman is our ghost. I can feel it. He's come back for something. Oscar, when you moved in here, was there anything, anything at all in the apartment? No. Nothing. Was there a box, a crate, old clothes? Yes, there was nothing in there except the air conditioner. The air conditioner? I've always sensed something strange about this air conditioner. If Irving's come back, this is where he is. Well, let's pull it on exhaust and blow him out. I'm not taking this seriously. Of course I'm not. We've got a legitimate problem. We've got to tackle it logically, rationally, scientifically. How are you going to do that? I'm going to hold a seance. You're going to bring in a gypsy lady, a lot of people sit around a table, make her go up and down? Not going to. Bring in some phony. I'll do it myself. Well, count me out. You're not going to be here for my seance? Of course not. But suppose I contact Irving and he wants to ask for you. Take a message. 
So during that scene, Felix was moving his hands around in big circles and Oscar mocks him for doing that. And that's what the joke is really about. So now we have a new scene. The living room is dark. Felix comes in holding a metal bowl. I don't know if you have a, I don't know if there's a certain name for that sort of bowl. It's got incest smoke coming out, incense smoke coming out of it. Murray and Myrna and Miriam are all sitting at the table. Uh, Felix opens his mouth very wide and he makes the own noise and he spreads the mist around with his hand. Which is more of a meditation thing than a... (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Not sure how how accurate they're being with this, but uh, that shouldn't uh, really... I really find this scene in this episode embarrassing for Tony Randall. I'm just embarrassed that he has to do this. I think it's so stupid. And it starts here. Murray says, boy, this is spooky. Verna says, yeah, look at all this stuff. That's a real skull. I'm scared. And she's referring to a skull on the table with a candle in the middle of its head. Miriam says, I wonder how he died. And Murray says, probably from that candle stuffed in his head. Felix is now chanting, oh, spirit of the great unknown, move into our magic circle. Murray jumps in and says, and sign in, please, which is a reference to what's my line, the, the game show. I did not. I, that, that went over my head. That was a very long, it was an 18 year, I think ran 18 years. I like that. It's a very Murray joke to me. Felix puts down this this bowl and says, this won't work unless we're all very serious. Now repeat after me. Om. And they all say Om. And now Felix says, ah. And then he starts to honk because the fumes from the incense make him honk. So they all honk. Felix says, don't repeat that. That's just the incense went up my nose. Then he coughs. And he says, now everybody, hold hands and close your eyes. It's very important that you keep your eyes closed. They all hold hands and chant, um, and then- And sway to, back and forth. Right. That's later. Yeah. Again, I find this <laughs> really embarrassing for these actors. And then we get, uh, somehow, I'm, I'm going to play five minutes just because I don't even want to describe these five minutes. It's, I guess, let's listen to it and talk about it afterwards. Spirits of other worlds, grace us with your presence. Oh, somewhere out in the great unknown, we know there's a spirit named Irving Cohn. Hey, Felix, that rhymes. Oh, multitudinous spirits of the infinite, we wish to communicate. I think it got through, Miss Tonga. Like an orgy in a lifeboat. Oh, Oscar. You're just in time, Miss Dan. Yeah, Oscar, we're having a seance. Oh, he's not interested in a seance. May we please continue in peace? In a minute. You got your spirits, let me get my spirits. Don't you want to get in touch with another world? Yeah, and these are going to help me, baby. Everybody hold hands and moan and sway. This time try to moan, <laughs> not in harmony. in this magic circle to make contact with the spirits. Oh, spirits, make your presence known. Yeah, there's supposed to be a clanging or tapping, right, Miss Dunn? Yes, one tap for yes, two taps for no. Spirits, 
for the end of this scene is an air conditioner goes on that's how pathetic it is that's the big cliffhanger moment now obviously it's the fact that it's supposed to represent a ghost but it's just uh, why hey, does oscar ha- way, yeah no, have you i don't think we've ever seen that air conditioner before in the apartment. i i didn't go look at that yeah, I, that as soon as I saw, are you it, saying I knew it's it was there are you before. saying it's never been there before, act physically I'm, been, which is weird because they then say that it came with the apartment, you know. But 
I know, you know, maybe all the other episodes were took place in winter and or, or the shades are just always it. over it. But I don't believe I've ever had seen that air conditioner now. Why does Oscar have that big chain? <laughs> well, that's Oscar's room. He's got, you know, it's like a yard sale in there. It's uh, it's got a little of everything. Yeah, that's not a good answer. Here's a question it, for you though. Yeah. Uh, uh, the pigeon. Yes. What about it? It's ridiculous. A pigeon is going to live for three days. It's so stupid. It's just so stupid. It, I hate when animals are used as crutches for TV shows, like mm. the frog episode that comes up later here. It's just, <laughs> it's just insipid, and it's it's frustrating, and it's a cheap, it's a cheap out. And if Myrna was so frightened by the pigeon, why she seems perfectly happy to, to carry a pigeon in New York it all the way home. Uh, I guess we should point out that the banging they hear is Oscar banging against the wall with a bat. Yeah, so and these all four of these people the are so stupid to think <laughs> that the lights coming on and the bat and the chain noise are a ghost versus Oscar falling around. Yeah. But, you know, some people enjoy do these kinds of seance things for fun. You know, people buy Ouija boards. I get it. But they that's different than being convinced as a ghost yeah. because a guy turns on a light or hits a bat on a wall. <laughs> OK, so the new scene after the commercial is that we see the entrance, the outside of a brownstone. Then we see a statue of a king cobra. Then we see a stuffed monkey. And then we see an African-American man in a fancy butler outfit dusting the monkey. There's a knock at the door, or we hear a knock at the door. We hear Felix say, Mr. Unger, Mr. Madison, to see Dr. Clove. The man opens the door, and Felix and Oscar come in. Felix says, can you tell Dr. Clove we're here? And the man says, he knows. He closes the door and walks away. Now, according to IMDb, because he's not listed in the credits, this is Stan Hayes who started acting on TV in the 70s, appearing in Sanford and Son, Good Times, Streets of San Francisco, Roots, and then Hill Street Blues and Amen, among other shows in the 80s. They look around the fortune teller-looking parlor. That's what I, that's what I saw. I saw it was like yeah. a parlor. It's like a parlor that feels like a fortune teller's parlor. Oscar says, if I see an operating table, I'm getting out of here. Felix says, this stuff is just all for effect. Oscar says, well, it's having an effect. It's giving me the creeps. Felix, I saw this movie. Our car is supposed to have broken down, and we came here to use the phone. <laughs> then Dr. Clove walks in. He's played by Victor Buono in the first of his two odd couple appearances. And I he forgot gets, that he was in another. He gets a round of applause. You forgot he was in this one, or you forgot he's later? <laughs> no, I definitely remember. This is uh, well, his, the main thing I remembered about this episode is him. Oh. But I forgot he's in another Yes, he's in the Rent Strike episode. Oh, he's right. the one that Rodney Allen Rippy fires. Oh, right, right. So let's talk about Victor Bono. He was born in 1938, so he's 35. That's in this incredible. <laughs> he looks 20 years older than me, yeah. and I'm yeah. 50. Yeah, yeah. And, and you. He, and he looks that. 10 years older than you. Oh, well, wait a minute. Um, uh, he started out doing Shakespeare on stage in the 20s. Then he played villains on TV in his 20s, I should say, not the 1920s. Then he played villains on TV. His big break was playing Edwin Flagg in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, for which he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor at both the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes. He then did a string of notable movies such as Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte, Robin and the Seven Hoods, and The Greatest Story Ever Told. He then went back to TV in the 60s on Man from Uncle, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Perry Mason, Wild Wild West, 
but is most famous as, do you know, what would you say? Most people know him as King Tut from the Batman show. Oh, so that's, is that why of all the credits, is that why he gets such a big applause and his entrance? I'm not sure at this point. I I think at that time, it was just one of his many credits. I think in the seventies, he was still a pretty major star. I think today kids are a people our age might know him from watching Batman in the eighties more than from yeah. uh, uh, whatever. I was associated with horror, maybe because of Baby Jane, which isn't kind of horror film. It depends on what uh, you watch. Yeah. I watch a lot of Batman as a kid, so right, I right, right. know him as King Tut um, and also Odd Couple. That's where I would know. Him. Yeah, he continued on to do many TV series and TV movies, and was on Johnny Carson a lot. Uh, and he died at forty three in nineteen eighty two from a heart attack. Awesome. Amazing. I mean, he, so he didn't even live to 50 and he oh, looks like he's 75. He, exactly. <laughs> yes. Which may be part and partial about why Maybe, he died. So, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's, still, that's very sad though. Um, so he says sad. he is. I mean, that's, it's the only bright spot in this episode for me. Um, he says, good evening. Felix is Dr. Cove. I'm Felix Unger. This is Oscar Madison. And the butler says he knows. The butler offers them all drinks. Dr. I like Cove, that bit with the butler. <laughs> Where he says like he the, knows. First of all, I like the bio. He's funny, but it's like you know, it's par- adds to the uh, the mystery of everything. Like he, that's part of the doc, Doctor Clove's image is that he knows all things. Uh, the butler offers them all drinks. Doctor Clove says, and he now we get the butler's name, which is not what you would think. Thank you, Mort. <laughs> Mort walks off. Doctor Clove takes a drink and says, "Ah." Felix asks if this is a potion. And Dr. Clove says, not unless Italian Swiss colony makes a potion. The audience applauds at this. And I did not know, I didn't, I don't watch this episode, so I didn't remember the line. I don't know that brand, but they applause enough that I did some research. And this was a very heavily branded uh, wine and alcohol company at the time. They advertised a lot on TV and they used this jingle. Who says you never can miss with Italian Swiss? Italian Swiss colony wine. Who says it's aged in wood? Who makes it taste so good? And the low winemaker, me. Who makes it mellow and smooth? Oh, so smooth and fine. Italian Swiss colony wine. Who takes the time to blend your favorite wine, my friend? The low winemaker, me. Who says you never can miss with Italian Swiss? That little winemaker, me. Now, do you recognize the voice of the little old Italian winemaker? No. That's Jim Backus. Oh, now well, you mentioned it, of course. Yeah. Yes. So sounds I, like Mr. Magoo. Yeah. So this was a this was a kind of a top. Doesn't reference. sound like a, kind of a high end. Uh, no, I think that's part of the now. joke. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. I mean, any I think why that advertises heavily on television cannot yes. be high end. Which and remember, those are the days where you could advertise the wine on television. You yeah uh, you could oh, still advertise so cigarettes what, what are, cigarettes oh, advertising so uh, cigarettes we do see liquor we, wait, yes, we do yes. see beer yes cigarette advertising well, was but banned liquor, alcohol advertising is banned there may be a category form. that's banned Maybe. but I but like I don't think wine or this sort of is is banned uh, I don't know I guess I've been drinking too much again today remember uh so Clove holds his glass up and says to the unknown Felix takes a sip. <laughs> 
Oscar refuses. Dr. Clove says, what may I do for you gentlemen? Felix says, doctor, I'm sure you understand we believe that we have a ghost. And that leads to this scene. <laughs> a ghost, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, Mr. Unger, there are no such things as ghosts. Right. Spirits, yes. <laughs> ghosts, you have a spirit, Mr. Unger. Ghosts, indeed. What do you think? They run around wearing white sheets over their heads with little black cutouts for eyes. <laughs> Don't worry, sit down. You came to the right place. <laughs> I can help you contact your spirit. Oh, no, no, we don't want to contact them. We want to get rid of them. You got something against spirits? No, no, it's just that our apartment is so small. It's hardly big enough for the two of us. I know that. I know all things. When can you help us? I don't know. I better look at the cabinet and see. Uh, tomorrow I got Weight Watchers. Uh, Wednesday I slap a hex on the landlord. Friday, I got a blind date with <laughs> No, I think I can do it tonight, but I will have to charge you for a house call. Oh, Dr. Club. <clears throat> exactly what kind of doctor are you? I'm an orthodontist. <laughs> but I gave all that up years ago. Ah, this is my real love. The occult. Like all the spooky stuff? Beats cleaning bubble gum out of braces. You, you think you can help us? I have never failed. If there is indeed an unfriendly spirit in your home, I know what must be done. An exorcism. You're kidding. Uh-uh. <laughs> I will expel the spirit tonight. I'll arrive five minutes before 12. If I ascertain the presence of a spirit, we will proceed with the exorcism. You will have prepared for my arrival a bay leaves, a clove, garlic, incense, and half a chicken. Half a chicken? Yeah, sometimes around midnight, I get a little hungry. And now, gentlemen, Here's an old favorite of mine, and I hope it's one of yours. Now that piece of music was not edited out. According to the you may have known this, but I didn't know until I read what was in the captioning on the on the Paramount Plus is that's Peggle My Heart. Oh, which is oh. a song made famous in the 1913 Ziegfeld Follies. Well, I guess out of copyright then. So we're in a new scene. Hey, back, I mean, yes, can I just sorry. say, yes, of course, I mean, Victor Bono is just cracking me up. You know, every line he's just and I, I, he's the kind of comic actor that I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, contributing a bit to some of these jokes. You know, especially uh, when uh, you got a, I got a blind date with that. <laughs> um, so it's just his deliveries are just so hilarious. And I, I love that he also has to sit down and play the organ for them. Um, 
I think part of what makes him so funny in this is that he just he he's so great at playing. He's relishing the role of a kind of con man, which um, he like he gets into it at the certain moments, but it's just his glee in being uh, an unabashed con man. Playing villains really funny. was his forte. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that really is, you know, all his guest stars on TV was like the big villain. Right, right. Um, now, here's something about this scene that I, I love this scene and it's the best scene in the in the in the episode. I, uh, and, but it's Oscar, right? So the whole tension is that, as usual, Felix is getting obsessive and buying into this and Oscar is the skeptic. But yet Oscar shows up to that to meet this guy and to engage him for the uh, exorcism. So I guess that's why the air conditioner bit was so important. It's like that's the thing that finally freaks Oscar out and gets him to this step. But I, I still have trouble believing he would willfully well, go to see a, an exorcist. That's like when Oscar showed up to do role reversal. Oh, like right. we, we didn't believe that too. It's just yeah, a, yeah, it's just a way of putting them on the scene together and play them off right. each other. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. So we have a new scene. We're back in the apartment. Felix comes out of the hallway shouting, ha, and he's throwing some sort of confetti out of a chalice. I, they never explain what this is. I don't know what this is. Maybe you do. He's wearing a kind of, no, a I, my occult days are long behind the he he's wearing some sort of sorcerer's robe and he's got a necklace yes. of, of garlic. garlic yeah. <laughs> he throws his confetti all over the apartment, which is unusual because he's making a mess. Although I guess he I think it's, it's supposed to be some kind of incense or, but it's like something. paper. Mm, yeah. Uh, Oscar walks in. Felix throws the confetti. I'm calling it confetti at him yeah, twice. Okay. Oscar mocks him for this. Felix says, do you notice anything? Oscar walks by saying nothing. And Felix says, you're not going to make some ready quip. Oscar says, oh, yeah, you look like the Count of Monty Hall. <laughs> How about that for a reference? Felix says, that's very funny. This is for the exorcism. Oscar says, Dr. Cole didn't tell you to dress like that. Felix says, I've been doing some research on my own. This is authentic. This is real garlic. And he puts the garlic in Oscar's face. <laughs> Oscar pulls his head back and says, oh, come on, will you? Felix says, it's real. I didn't get this in some schlock shop. The buzzer rings. Oscar goes into a hunchback mode or pose and he walks like a hunchback to the door saying igor will answer the door he opens it and there's dr clove who comes in and says good evening where's the chicken <laughs> then he looks at felix and he starts to do that same laugh we heard at the start of that prior clip and he says uh that he points at felix's outfit oscar joins in and starts laughing as well and he says to um to dr clove that's authentic and now they both laugh at him and Dr. Clove says, oh, pardon me, Mr. Unger, how a man dresses in the privacy of his home is his own business. <laughs> I'm only laughing because you look funny. He laughs again. Felix says, this is for the exorcism. And Dr. Clove says, Mr. Unger, that costume is used only for cases of demonic possession and sometimes for trick or treat, but it doesn't work here. Now, where is the spook, huh? He looks his finger and puts it in the air, <laughs> trying to somehow look for the ghost. Felix says, I mean, the spirit. Felix says, we strongly suspect the air conditioner. He turns around. He starts to head for it. Oscar says uh, that he found it. Uh, Felix says Oscar found it here when he moved in. Now, by the way, that air conditioner doesn't look old enough to have been there from the 50s, which is when. Yeah, we right. We so, got, because Oscar's had the apartment. Right. Yes. So right. So I that's a flaw to begin with. 
Dr. Cole says, I know, I know all things. Yes, there does seem to be something here. Oh, yes, I'm picking up particularly strong vibrations. Felix says, the spirit? Dr. Cole says, possibly. Felix says, you think so? Oscar says, oh, come on. If the spirit came with the air conditioner, why was it quiet all these years? We never heard moans or groans or anything. Felix says, that's not very difficult to explain, is it, Dr. Clove? Dr. Clove says, yes, it is, but the important thing is to put the soul to rest. Felix says, then you recommend an exorcism. And Dr. Clove says, I don't see any other way, and I can do it to you. I can do it for you for $500. And that leads to our final clip. $500? The air conditioner doesn't cost that much. Would, would you excuse us for just... Are you crazy? All the money, isn't it? You bet your life it is. What choice have we got, though? We got thousands of dragons to get three right off the bat. Huh. First, get a new air conditioner. Second, get rid of him. And third, you can move out. <laughs> uh, fellows, look, I was born with six sharp senses. Eh? So I can perceive your dilemma. You're cheap people. Right? <laughs> no, we, ju we just don't have that kind of money. I, I've done a little research in exorcism myself. I, I think I, I could handle it. We have an old saying in the spirit game. What you don't know can hurt you a whole lot. I, I think we'll just take our chances. Uh, very well. But look, at least you two got six dollars between. We're not spending a nickel on anything but beer. What what miracle do you perform for six dollars? <laughs> I hand you my book. How to exercise at home. Six bucks. Thank you, Mr. Unger. At least now with the book you have a chance to do something right. Farewell, Mr. Unger. So long, sport. Oscar, look, look. Ah, but the instant the doctor left, the spirit was angered. Come on, let's exercise it. Come on, come on, we'll use the book. Come on. I'm not going to sit around all night and talk to an air conditioner. Oh, come on, help me, please. No, I'm not going to do Oh, right for you. I'll do it all by myself. says here, chant to it in a high nasal voice.
conditioner. Oh, the spring left the air conditioner. <laughs> no, 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 no. You just won't admit the occult truth, will you? Now, you're as big a believer as I am, aren't you? You believe that after you see the spring? Well, of course. The evidence of your own senses. Didn't you see what happened? Maybe you're right. Maybe I got something. Well, of course. Oh, hey, Phoenix, look at this. What? It says once a spirit is gone, to keep it away, you got to do this chant. Oh. Yeah, let's do it, okay? Well, 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 I'll do it. Come on, I'll do it. Do it together, all right? Yeah. Owa! Owa! Tagu! Tagu! Saya! Saya! Owa! Tagu! Saya! Close it again. Owa! Tagu! Saya! Owa! Tagu! Saya! Oh, come on! We can get it! The book prop is just some random red hardcover book with like an Avery label pasted on it what's an avery label uh, avery is the company that makes labels that you peel off a sheet and put it oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh printer. yeah right right yeah. uh how could you tell how big a screen are you watching this on? Uh, i zoom in on my computer wow uh it's just such a cheap looking prop and i don't think it's because the doctor's cheap it's just it's dumb it's not the way yes. this book would work and then Felix just opens up some random page and then all of a sudden finds the way the book tells him to. And then tells Oscar it's really a good book. Oh, yeah. It's just so stupid. Uh, I do, do you have anything more to say about the scene before we go to the title? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ted, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't hear it till now because I'm, uh, oh, wait. I'm listening on the I, earphones. I wonder but if you're there's a say sound so. effect in oh. this scene. No, it's I didn't hear funny. What is it? The spring. Oh, like they actually have a boing, a cartoonish oh, boing okay. sound, which also leads me to the question, do air conditioners no. have springs? No, that's another stupid thing. <laughs> I mean, they, they might, but that's not the, you don't hit an air conditioner's giant spring. It looks like a props. It's just <laughs> yes. a novelty like size spring. Just comes out. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, so that's a little weird. So here's what I was going to say in terms yeah. of sound effects. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's laugh sweetening in this scene. Oh. I'm going to accuse them that not every laugh is a genuine audience laugh. Ooh. So there's a tag. Felix and Oscar are sitting at the table. It seems to be the same night, like a few minutes later. And they're, same, they're in the same um, outfits. Oscar says, what's the matter? Felix says, just thinking the events of this evening had me thinking. You ever wonder what it's like on the other side? Last by and by. I've never heard that phrase. Oh, Last yes. It's an old... Uh... It, 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 I don't know if it comes from, but it's, I know it as the, it's an old hymn in the by and by. It's like an old uh, Christian uh, hymn about, you know, the by and bys, the beyond, you know. Last Foxtrot, you know what I think it'll be like? It'll be very clean. It'll be like a fine hotel where the linen is changed every day. And every night I go to the opera, it'll be conducted by Toscanini and Caruso will be singing. Why are you smiling? Oscar says, I pictured heaven exactly that way, except without you. He puts nope. his hand yeah, on Felix's arm and says, the devil made me do it. And they both laughed. Now, what's interesting to me about that tag is that, not that interesting, but it is so reminiscent of the tag yeah. for another episode. You know, Isn't the one we just did, the made, made for each other? No, of oh. the, well, in some way it is, but the rock no, more exactly. Joke. Yeah more exactly to the um i actually believe it's the uh the roger doctor episode because remember there's a running gag about a funeral 
how oh Felix yeah keeps yes the marriage branches wedding keeps yes. getting canceled and he's right for the funeral and the tag of that is totally random it's just felix and oscar at the same kitchen table uh dining table and felix is musing about what he would like his funeral to be it's very similar he goes on it just has this vision you know tells describes this nice dream he's having and and it's a similar joke where oscar said felix says how would you like your funeral um I don't know, I forget the setup, but Oscar basically says, I want to be there yeah, at your funeral right, and doesn't right. and, and means it. Yes, this is the here. difference here. That's like, this is like the, the yeah. last second is like the rump roast where they right, both right. choke, but you're right. Yes, that is here right it's, he, he smooths it over. Nice touch. Well, as you could probably tell, I am not a fan of this episode. It's really? A, it's a waste. Really? It's too silly to be actually enjoyable. Even if I like Victor Bono in some moments, I'm so annoyed at the and embarrassed that this is part of the show and it just feels like again they copped out and it's just so farcical that i just can't enjoy it i give it one and a half out of five murray's it's not lower because victor bono does make it interesting and there is at least it's not season one that format so that I I always skip like I haven't watched this episode in a long time because when I watch the odd couple for pleasure I skipped this one so that's my score one and a half out of five Maurice well I kind of liked it Ted I give it I a could, four. Oh, I does anyone want to co-host an odd couple podcast with me because oh my my my, actually, my, my partner has just been fired <laughs> i'm gonna walk off this set in my basement um i you know you're making a lot of valid points it is very silly it is it really stretches things um um but you know and it is very like like i think a lot of the same objections you had to psychic schmeichik which was better than you i like that more yeah right and i i like that more than this i think it's a better episode than this too even though I don't remember my rating may have been the same, but um, just like in Psychic Schmeichik, you had funny man, Bernie Capel, Bernie Capel, and, he, you know, really uh, uh, dominating that episode so well. And here's the same thing about Victor Bono. He is so funny. He is so funny. And he's in it, you know, two big, two long scenes. It's, it's, I know it's like barely half the episode, but he totally makes it worth a lot for me. Um, and if I were watching it for pleasure, I probably I might skip the first half just to get to him. Uh, but I also I love the the whole idea of Irving, the ghost of Irving, Irving Cohen, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, haunting the apartment. And as I love Oscar's joke about it, does he want his deposit back? Uh, why do you like the idea of the forget? Why do you like the idea of that as an episode? I don't like it as the premise of the whole episode. I think it's in itself, it's a funny joke. This the image of cranky retired postman, <laughs> mailman Irving Cohen, like Newman, like he's like exactly he's like a Newman figure. That's really funny. Uh, living alone in this rather large apartment, apparently, uh, and uh, and it just because Irving Cohen is is not a typical uh, you know horror movie name for a ghost, and so the when they when Felix has to say, "Come on, Irv." uh it's kind of funny so i like that running gag um 
it is very silly. It, it, it strains belief that the characters that ever at any point believe what's happening. Um, but I just can't deny that Victor Bono is just great. All right. Well, if you have some feedback you want to share, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. And if you would like to share your enjoyment of the show, we uh, encourage you to leave us some hopefully five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Normally, we end with a quote from the show. I don't do that for episodes I don't like because they don't deserve it. But I'll turn it over to you, Garrett. Oh, Ted. Oh, uh, Tagus, you are.